Welcome to the Mel Hummer podcast. It is episode 159. I am Mel from Mel Hummer. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Well, I can't see you, but you know what I mean. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, we're going to crack on with a big review of the brand new While She Sleeps album that is out later this week. But before all that, got a little bit of housework to do. Uh, don't forget that the latest issue of Mel Hammer is out right now. It is Ramstein on the cover celebrating 20 years of Mutter, if you can believe it. We go inside their biggest album ever, the album that really consolidated them on the world stage and made them absolute megastars around the world. Uh, also, if you pick up the latest issue in WH Smith, you get an exclusive Amy lee cover in honor of the brand new evanescence album that's out right now uh and we do also have an evanescence bundle that is on the way too uh so watch out for that also don't forget that the best way to support metal hammer magazine is to subscribe and we've got some cool deals over on magazines direct now for new subscribers if you use uh, this exclusive link tinyurl.com slash podcast sub that's tinyurl.com slash podcast sub. When you subscribe, you get a free Metal Hammer t-shirt, which is pretty cool. Repping the brand, repping the Hammer fam. So we appreciate uh, everyone supporting us. Uh, if you fancy subscribing or you're thinking about resubscribing after some time off, uh, go and use that link and you'll get some free Hammer merch, which is nice. Joining me today on this extra special review of the new While She Sleeps album is the one and only Eleanor Goodman, deputy, deputy what? Deputy Editor of Metal Hammer. Sorry, I butchered it. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. You did butcher it. You're the editor of Metal Hammer. Thanks. Uh, and also joining us is a, a contrib uh, of Metal Hammer, Mr. Stephen Hill. How are you doing, Steve? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm not joining in with this deliberate facade of you mispronunciating names and words. Mispronunciating? I had uh, no... Yeah. <laughs> fucked it <laughs> oh dear what a nightmare never mind it doesn't matter because we're going to review the new album for while she sleeps um i should say as well we know that the cannibal corpse album is out this friday as well huge huge album for metal we're going to cover that in a big reviews roundup in a couple of weeks or so uh we're concentrating on while she sleeps today because for me um i'm sure everyone will have their own uh alternate answers for this but if there's one band that i really associate with my time on the metal hammer podcast it's while she sleeps because that first album um came out in 2012 which is when uh both steve and i i think first joined the metal hammer podcast and so they were one of the first bands that we really kind of got behind on this thing uh and it's been you know a, a fun emotional maddening at times trying to follow their journey thus far um i mean it's pretty crazy is it not to think that this is the six came out almost nine years ago now i mean this is a band as like further along in their career than metallica were when they put out the black album isn't that a bit crazy to think of that steve he's pulling a, a slightly concerned face oh my god yeah um oh god you've made that <laughs> sorry mate feel the collar like how old am i exactly fucking hell i'm dead basically basically dead aren't i basically um, no. yeah now that's mad to think that i mean they were uh they were a band that we went we went pretty big on while she sleeps straight away and um and you know deservedly so i think because there were a bunch of really really exciting bands in sort of the early 10s in the uk in kind of hardcore and metal who looked like they potentially could go on to do something really really fucking cool something that maybe we hadn't ever seen to that extent in um particularly in metal i think you know there were bands like enter shikari or gallows and those kind of bands who weren't strictly leaning into the more metal side of metalcore but for kind of contemporary modern metal the idea of sleeps and i guess you know bring me as well bring me sleeps bury tomorrow um and even stuff like feed the right i mean it seems mad to think it now but bands at like the safety fire and feed the rhino and um uh yeah. from within as well and and those kind of bands yes. like it, it was it was a really really exciting time it's the first time i had bands like palm reader as well and i thought you know this is this is a potentially really exciting crop of bands that we have coming through at the moment and of all of those bands the ones that i think seem to have their shit together the most in terms of how they presented themselves, the music they made, 
the way they looked and the kind of ambition and stuff that they shot for was while she sleeps. It it really was. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Um, and when while she sleeps really first properly broke on the scene, I was at, I was at terrorizer magazine. And so they weren't really on our radar so much uh, at that mag cause they weren't really like, relevant to what we were covering there. Um, and so I remember that metal hammer actually gave the North stands for nothing EP away. I think if I'm remembering that rightly, um uh and that was kind of the first time i'd really heard of them and i I remember i kind of paid them a bit of attention and i didn't really think much you know wasn't really quite in the right mind frame for that kind of stuff because i was in terrorizer world where it was just like all about i mean we were like most excited about like a vel attack and stuff at that point it was just a very different world than like ghost had just come on the scene and you know i wasn't really paying attention to that more kind of metal corey side of the scene um so this is the six is the first time that i really uh properly engaged with them and obviously i went back and kind of um kind of appreciated the north stands for nothing after that uh and i mean when i I can't think of another band that was right at the start of their career that i engaged with like while she sleeps i mean that i did a thing a few years ago that i still get reminded of on like facebook memory and stuff where i did like the 10 albums that really changed my life and the last one i picked for that was this is the six because it was the most engaged I've been with a young upcoming British metal band. I mean, possibly ever. I mean, I wasn't that engaged with, I didn't really care much for like, you know, Bullet from a Valentine when they were first on the scene and stuff like that. So this really felt like this is happening now. This is exciting. This is a band that has the potential to do amazing, amazing things. Um, And their journey since then has just been so kind of bizarre at times and unexpected and just, I don't mean all over the place in a negative way, although it was sometimes, I guess, but it was just so weird because they had this huge welling support and excitement around them on This Is The Six. Then Loz had all his vocal issues, of course, famously, and it took them nearly three years to get a follow-up album out and brainwashed. And I remember at that point in time, it kind of felt like, oh, has the moment gone? Like, you know, is this, have, we, is there, have they kind of missed the boat here now? And then we all actually heard Brainwashed and it was fucking phenomenal. It's still my favourite thing they've done so far. It's just an unbelievable album. Um, And then two years later, they had You Are We and uh, they did the kind of collab with Ollie Sykes on Silent Speaks, which really pushed them out into, um, I think, wider consciousness of a lot of fans. And that was going really well for them. And so it kind of felt like there was a point on that You Are We cycle where it felt like they were kind of back on the horse again for me. And it was like, no, actually, this could be this could really be a goer again. Um, and then we got to So What, which was the last album they released in 2019. Uh, and I know you reviewed this album, Steve, we talked about it a lot at the time. And it's an album that kind of was really interesting. They brought in a lot of different elements to that record. There was more kind of electronic elements coming in. You could feel them coming to experiment. Um, and at the time, we were kind of like, yeah, this album's good. This is a really good While She Sleeps album. This is this is solid. It's good. I think they played the Roundhouse on that tour and it was like a good show and it felt kind of vibey. Um, and then, I don't know, it kind of, I just almost forgot about that record afterwards. And I kind of felt like in hindsight, maybe it wasn't, it didn't quite feel like the propulsion forward that maybe we were hoping them to get at that point. Um, I mean, I say that, but as I said, they uh, they ended up kind of doing Brixton and, you know they had all this other kind of things going on so it's not like they just flatlines by any means but um it puts them in a, a bit of an interesting place for this album because for me when i look at while she sleeps his discography so far uh so what's the the only one where i kind of look at now and i think ah uh, maybe that's the first time for me while she sleeps did dip a bit and i don't quite look on that album as favorably as i maybe did at the time what do you think to all that jargon i just spewed out <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. In Re Brainwash being the best album, I think Brainwashed is fucking amazing. Um, I think You Are We is a really, really good record as well, and I think it felt like the album that, like you say, was going to put them back into a position where they could be that band that everybody kind of wished and hoped and thought that they were going to be. And I think you know, it's a it's a record which. They went from being a very, very good, promising metal band on Brainwash with an excellent album that people who were invested in that stuff liked to getting on Radio 1, you know, and, and that happened. And like you say, the Roundhouse and, you know, the, the touring cycle around it, I think they did download around that time. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think they did download Main Stage around that time, I believe. 
Um, anyway, they did. They, you know, they were they were doing bigger shows, and and shit looked like it was, you know, gonna gonna blow from them again. And I reviewed so what, and my I kind of I kind of feel similar to you about it in that I don't really listen to it. If I'm going to listen to While She Sleeps now, I think there are a few songs on the other two records, either side of Brainwashed and Brainwashed in Full, that would be the places that I would go. I do still think that the high points on So What are really, really high. But I think why I personally gave it such a good review at the time and now why I look back on that that review and go, maybe it's not quite how I feel, exactly how I feel about it today, is because, I mean, we spoke about when we did the Architects review, the limiting kind of corridors of metalcore and i love the fact that while she sleeps aren't limited by those corridors i love the fact that while she sleeps aren't willing to just go well everyone's doing this um so we must do that as well and so what i'm not sure anyone's ever really tried to make a leap as much as they made on that i mean it's you know clubland ibiza mixed with boston metalcore like who the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like who the fuck could do that? You know, it's a really, really fucking weird thing to do. And I think I was so seduced by the idea and so excited by the idea that a band from that scene were willing to go. No, 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 no. Like the boundaries don't apply to us. I was sort of so excited by that that maybe I didn't quite appreciate the the quality of the songs weren't maybe weren't quite as good as i sort of thought they were initially yeah i think that's fair i was just trying to look at when while she sees played download by the way because i do remember them them playing around that time and it was it was just it was before brainwash but it was when they put out death toll which was kind of like they'd they kind of put out that track to kind of carry them on through that like middle period where it was like they hadn't put anything out for ages so it was kind of in that era but it was just pre the actual uh album dropping um but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. They did a lot of mad shit. And, and outside, it's funny because you mentioned Shikari earlier. And outside bands like Shikari, I can't really think of many artists who have just really thrown so much shit at the... I mean, shit at the wall's a bit of a negative phrase, I guess. But you know what I mean? They've really thrown the kitchen sink into stuff when it comes to mixing and all those elements. Um, and I think, the, you know, I listened back to the album today. I think it's still got some good elements. Like you say, I think it's got its high points. Um, but bringing it down now to this album, Sleep Society... I feel like we are now seeing While She Sleeps bring all those different elements together and bring those experiments together in a really cohesive and uh, just fundamentally well-constructed way. Because to me, this album is not only significantly better than So What, um, it also harnesses all those different little ingredients much better as well and much more smoothly. And I think this is a fucking great record. we know, I think one of the big things that have defined While She Sleeps across their career is their relationship with their fans. Um, you know, This Is The Six was referencing that. Um, you Are We was referencing that. Uh, and now they've kind of done the whole Sleep Society um, crowdfunding uh, thing, uh, which has worked out really well for them. And there's a lot of that kind of rhetoric just not even woven in it is like stamped all over this album like we love our fans our fans are the best and all that kind of stuff and it's and it's cool and it's something that really uh has always been a part of their dna and it's cool that they continue to kind of make that um such a massive part of their identity um but yeah i think i mean i think this album sleep society is fucking great and i love i love the production on it i think it sounds rich layered dense it sounds huge um, they've kind of really fully crafted this sound, which I think started with You Are We, this kind of bigger sounding uh, element to their production, which makes them sound like they need to be in big arenas now. Like they sound like a band that can play arena sized songs now. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think for me, this is the kind of evolution we've needed from While She Sleeps. And I really, really dig this record. And um, yeah, I mean, we can get properly stuck into it, I guess. But. It just feels, as a whole, it feels more coherent and it feels like they've basically taken what they tried to do with So What and they pulled it off much more convincingly, especially when you go back to So What in hindsight and kind of compare it to this album. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think five albums in as a band, you should probably have a pretty good idea of your identity. And um, and what I personally like about this record is I, I do feel like, 
I do feel like the kind of the the wild experimentation of the stuff they did on previous albums has maybe been kind of tapered back a little bit and instead replaced with just a kind of confidence of what they know they're good at. I mean, there are parts to it where you think, um, you know, this is a sort of an evolutionary step of something that they've done previously. I mean, for example, Division Street is a piano song. You know, they have done stuff with little piano-y parts before, but that's a full-blown song with, you know, just just the piano. And, um, you know, kind of like a, a ballad, a, a, a piano ballad. Absolutely and, ballad, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they've touched on that stuff before, but I don't think they've ever gone that far with it. So I think this, to me, feels like them going, OK, we've done all these things. We've had, you know, we've every kind of flight of fancy we've kind of had a go at that we ever thought we were going to. Can we make a record which sounds just like us? And all the elements of what While She Sleeps have. And While She Sleeps, actually, you know, for, again, a genre that I think solely is sorely lacking in um, a lot of genuine personality and genuine things that set the individual artists apart from each other like a lot of metalcore bands sound exactly identical exactly the same while she sleeps have a really really unique guitar tone like really unique they those kind of tornado riffs those kind of beep those kind of picked bits that matt welsh does that are really really instantly recognizable as them and it's kind of like do 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 yeah yeah that's that's while she sleeps that sounds like while she sleeps and there's loads of great bits of that on, on here there's still bits of the kind of like electronic stuff that they did from the last record i mean the song systematic i think is that shows up what so what was lacking in because that is a fucking brilliant version of that kind of dance rock thing it's, it's definitely well it's well good that song yeah um, i love the way i love i agree with that i love the way that um those elements are, are kind of brought in there because it's kind of like I don't want to every time a band do, does these kind of experiments and kind of electronic leaning things I don't just want to reference Bring Me The Horizon all the time but they've done it so but Bring Me have done it kind of so like brazenly and in yes. such a it's such a clear-cut way in the last few albums that it's hard not to look at us as living in a bit of a post Bring Me world now when it comes to this stuff um, and I think Systematic definitely has elements of that not just with those kind of glitchy electronic elements it's almost kind of like a prodigy vibe to them like those kind of like like above the baseline kind of glitchy things that Liam always does. Um, but like Loz kind of does these like semi like wrapped bars over it. And it's a very Ollie Sykes-esque kind of vocal bar to me. Um, but, 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 and owing to your other point, then it comes, this fucking riff comes in and you just think, no one writes riffs like this band. This is a While She Sleeps riff now. This is a While She Sleeps song now. And I, and I, and I think you're right because weirdly i think maybe they don't get enough credit for just how they unique they are in their scene because i think sometimes you look at bands like architects you look at bring me and you kind of hold them up in the kind of hall of fame of graduates from the uk metalcore scene but i mean while she seems that every bit as unique and identifiable as those bands because like as soon as you hear a riff or as soon as you say like like you said those little picks kind of high-end bits you just know it's that band and the way they use their kind of gang vocals and everything else like it's so it's so them and it's really cool to kind of have that level of familiarity with the bands where you almost don't realize you haven't heard that in a while and then it comes back and you're like oh fuck yeah while well, she sleeps yes no one else does this like you yeah and they've got that kind of you know good cop bad cop like dual vocal thing going on as well which is you know gets done a bit in in metalcore but it's not really done like that i mean i think as people have compared it before and this is a pretty, this is a massive comparison, but I've heard people say that they're kind of like a UK metalcore version of Surge and, um, and, uh, wow. and, and Darren, Darren System of a Down. I mean, um, that's, is, that is like an impossible comparison, really. Yeah, it's like those vocal, I know what you mean that. I mean, for me, sleep, the vocals are another interesting thing because it's got to the point now where I almost feel like while she sleeps have like two or even three lead vocalists. Do you know what I mean? Because Matt and Sean's kind of presence on this album vocally is just as for uh, up at the front as Loz's are like I can I couldn't tell you like that Loz is on this album more vocally than than the other two are because not only do they all weave together so often and they have those harmonies and they're kind of singing around each other but the the two guitarists just have so many of their own segments now and like if anything I find Matt especially on here as much as uh as much as Loz is like you can you can't kind of move for his um his uh his vocals at the moment uh on this band which i find really interesting because 
it's hard not to read into that a bit too much with like knowing what we know about Loz's vocal issues and stuff, but they've got a real kind of gang vibe to the way they approach vocals now while she sleeps. And again, that is just stamped all over this record. Yeah, there's not many bands that do that as well. I mean, one of the bands who do, I mean, this is going way back, but I mean, I that first 100 Reasons album, which I think is Ideas Above Our Station, which is like, what, 2002 or something I think it came out? Like, you know, they were a really, really big band for a minute. And, you know, some I always, what I loved about that record, I mean, it's a fantastic record, but they almost had like kind of three vocalists at once, like Colin, the vocalist, Larry, the emo one, and then Paul, the kind of heavier one, who was the other guitarist. And there's songs on those albums where there are three individual vocal patterns all going at the same time. And when those things kind of coalesce together, that's really exciting. And I think While She Sleeps are a band who have definitely taken that idea on a fair bit. And that's that's really cool because, again, there's just not a lot of ingenuity in, in modern metalcore. There's just not. And there's not a lot of personality. And, like, Loz has got a really instantly recognisable voice. I mean, even from day one, like, I, I always was like, well... He's got a voice which doesn't quite sound like anyone anyone else. And he's got like, there's a kind of raw, untamable quality to his voice, I think, which is really cool. He's not gone down the, you know, the Ollie Sykes route of going very, very clean singing. And, you know, we don't know how often Ollie's vocals get tampered with. I don't really feel like Loz's voice has been tampered with at all. It still feels as kind of, you know, raw and nasty as it ever did. And he's probably not the best quote-unquote singer clean singer in the world like Sam Carter you know Sam Carter can do both things amazingly Loz is still kind of sitting there and I think that that's going to make them they can do the melodic stuff and they can be a bit more kind of grand and everything but one as long as they've got Loz in the band I feel like they're always going to appeal to more to people like you and I who are less interested in hearing kind of a sedated version of this music which usually gets on Radio 1 and want to be reminded that this comes from kind of underground hardcore and underground punk. And even when you've got systematic and you've got a song like, like I said, division street, which is a piano ballad, or when you get nervous, there's a song called nervous, which Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro doing the metalcore rounds. Yeah, that's one of the, one of the singles that's actually got a video on it. Mm. And it's, it's funny. Cause that's what I was going to reference. Cause what, like I kind of said, like I can't always tell whose vocals are kind of up front in the mix at any one time, because they all layer over each other so much. And I did actually backtrack on some notes I made because I don't know if there's a bit of trickery here and they're trying to like hide who's really doing vocals and what bits or whatever. But there are some clean bits in Nervous that if you watch the video, Loz is doing them. And I watched it and I was like, oh, that's him doing that bit. I really didn't think it was because it just doesn't sound like him at all. So I, don't, like, I just don't know what's going on there. But like, I completely agree with you. Like Loz's vocals are at their rawest, as savage as anyone. I mean, the only person I can even think to compare him to is someone like Joe Duplantier or something like that, because he's got that kind of, oh, like hot, like savage low-end raw to him. Um, and yeah, I agree. As long as he can keep that going, like Sleeks will never lose that kind of savage underbelly, which they've, they've always had. Yeah, and it's really necessary, I think, for those sort of bands to, to say that they don't kind of, you know, you know that you don't want a band who come from metalcore or whatever to dip into sort of full blown, um, you know, kind of more war or stuff. I mean, that's what I like me personally. That's what I don't want. I think you know, there's there'll, there'll be bands from that scene that Metalhammer wouldn't cover, but I think you know, while she sleeps, feel like a, a, like the, the, this album's fucking heavy. You know, when it gets heavy, it's fucking heavy, and that's obviously. A very important thing um simon neil sounds great on that song right i think he sounds great and and not to kind of repeat what i just said about the rest of the band the only thing i thought about simon neil was that near the end of the track you can really hear him i mean he's so unmistakable in that say something do something like yeah. it's so obviously him um and it wasn't until again i went to watch the video back um that i really could identify where else he is on the song and once you hear it you can't unhear it you can be like oh yeah of course he's singing that little bit and you can hear a scream coming on this bit here um and the the rest of the band's vocal interplay around his vocals just sound fucking amazing and he's, su he's such a clever fit because you've got three vocalists in that band and yet simon neil is such a great vocalist in his own right that he does bring a whole nother dimension that completely changes the dynamics of that song um the only thing i feel bad for is that literally like two months ago 
Architects brought out a song with Simon Neal on it that's arguably better. And so it's kind of like you lose a little bit of that uh, well, kind of star quality. Like, oh, wow, Simon Neal on a metalcore album. Do you know what I mean? But it's still a fucking great song. Well, I, 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 I mean, I do think Simon Neal... Here's what I would say, right? And I actually think this is to While She Sleeps' benefit, to be honest. I think Simon Neal's performance on the Architects record is so dominant on that record... Whereas he's just another cog in the machine in this record. You know? Definitely. If you watch the video back, it, you could almost, if you had no prior knowledge and you watch that video back, you would just assume he was in the band. There, there's nothing in it to suggest that he's like a big guest vocal spot kind of being yeah. wheeled in. I mean, I describe Simon Neal's part on the Architects record as the single best moment on the entire record when he comes in screaming at some, and I still think it's fucking amazing. And that's, that's great. But you know, he doesn't come in and just go, it's Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro and he's going to just elevate himself above the rest of the band and everything. I think, I actually think the record as a whole with Simon Neal's bit in it might, I don't know if this is slightly controversial. Uh, I think it's sort of testament to how good this record is that it's not dominated by the thoughts of Simon Neal or, or Winston McCall. I actually think this this album might be a bit better than the Architects record. Ooh, I was not expecting that take for you. Uh, if you're wondering why Elle's been a bit quiet for the last uh, 25 minutes, by the way, <laughs> it's because her internet cut out and she just disappeared. But she's back. She smoothly swung back in again before we realised. Don't worry, Elle, you've not missed anything. We've just reviewed the album. That was the Metal Hammer podcast, thanks everyone. Oh, no. No, we haven't really. We haven't really. We've literally just got to, uh, to Nervous. What you said about Nervous, Elle, featuring Mr. Simon Neal? I'm just still shocked about what Steve said, to be honest with you. Um... I am as well. Because <laughs> I thought that you would never say that about... I thought that you were just in love with the Architects album. We did a whole podcast on it. And I'm so surprised to hear that this one is... Like, you think this album is even better. But um, Nervous, I think it was the same as you. We had a conversation before we came on here and I was talking to you about the Simon Neal thing, kind of saying, I can really hear him at the end. And then you were like, have you seen the video? And I'm like, I think that somehow that had passed me by and I watched the video and you can see it looks so cool like all of them in the big space and um it's just really fun like you said seeing the interplay and seeing them singing together and um you know I'm sure you've talked about this while I've been without internet but the whole thing of while she sleeps forming sleep society and being a gang and bringing people in and having guest vocalists for them it doesn't so much some bands you kind of think they've got a guest vocalist because they want to try and elevate themselves they want to get more attention they want to do whatever and some people it seems like more of a creative thing and some, for some people it's a mixture of both but with while she sleeps there's this extra dimension of that feeling of bringing people into their gang and so i just think it's kind of cool definitely uh, and someone else that they bring into their gang that's called a segue guys uh is is Derek Wibley from Sum 41 and I thought this was really interesting because Steve and I about three days ago just had this random conversation about Sum 41 and how like 10 years ago I swear no one was talking about Sum 41 I mean you'd hear like you know those tracks played at rock nights and things like that but like between them getting announced for things like slam dunk and things like that and I guess like anniversaries of all killer no filler and things like it seems like I'm not discounting what they did in the first place, but it seems like there's this extra level of reverence, reverence that's come in for um, Sum 41 in the last couple of years. I think there's a lot of goodwill there because Derek was very open about his health struggles. Um, yes. The fact that he basically almost died and he was drinking so much and he was really candid in interviews he did about what had happened to him. And I just feel like there's sort of a lot of goodwill because of those early 2000s tracks everyone loves and the fact that he was so open about what happened and I just think maybe there's sort of a combination of that going on yeah definitely they've they've kind of uh you know they soundtracked a lot of people's youths like mine included you couldn't move for those tracks um back in the day and yeah that's a really good point I think like there was a real outpouring of love for him after the after his experiences and being so uh candid about it um so it's cool to have him on this album i think it's a nice touch it's unexpected it's quite like you know i've seen people online being excited about it that all said again maybe this is to their credit as to you know like steve said with bringing in simon neil and he doesn't overpower the whole thing but 
I did feel like I had to really strain to hear him. He's on a track called No Defeat for the Brave. And it, his voice is so similar to Matt's, I think, when he does that kind of this kind of level of singing that it kind of... You could, if you didn't know he was on there, you could probably not know that was him. You could probably have assumed that was um, Matt or Sean. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool on there. But compared to the Simon Neal cameo, where it's like, well, he's not a cameo; he's on the whole track. But you can hear, like, they really make the most of those uh, vocals, like rolling around each other and interplaying with each other. Like for Derek, it's just kind of like a cool guest spot. But I wouldn't say it kind of it's as impactful as the Simon one, or indeed some of those other. Um, guest spots we talked about on the Architects album, for instance. I can barely hear um, Derek Wibley on that track, to be honest. It's, uh, I mean, he th- that is a bit of a... That's that's more the, the, that's more the Mike Kerr um, on this record than it is Winston McCall, if we're going to kind of continue down the Architects um, analogy of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about Sum 41, to be perfectly honest. Like, I, you know, those songs came out. I don't think I've ever listened to one of their albums in its entirety in my entire life, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, mate, everything comes back around. Everything comes back around to be cool again. In a few years' time, people are going to be talking about how Broken Side were one of the best bands ever. And, you know, like that, that's going I mean, to the, the difference is, fuck all people really like Broken Side to start with. Steve. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but I'm sure they'll they'll be you know you know when they reevaluate Attila and all that kind of stuff and oh, they work good and it's happening with Amur now for fuck's sake. Um, but <laughs> it is exactly Amur actually were really good. No, they weren't. They're not. No, they're they not. weren't. They were no. never good. No. Um, just to go back really quickly to the uh, architects comparison. I think here's here's what I think. What we said about so what, and what I, how I feel about so what is. I think um, Those That Wish To Exist is kind of, might be sort of Architect's version of So What. I think the stuff on that album is brilliant, but I think they're going to do a better version of it next time around. You know, it's their first album without Tom completely, and I think they've done an incredible job at traversing into some spaces which, you know, they maybe never even thought they were capable of doing. But what we've got here with Sleep Society, I think, is that album after the, you know, the the go at doing something different. And I just feel like it's, I feel like kind of everything on this record musically, until we get to the last track, is pulled off completely successfully. I was just going to say, have you been talking about the fact that they've incorporated the electronic elements and it seems more seamless on this one and more natural than it did on the last one? Just because I wasn't here, you know, bring me up to speed. I think, like I said, Systematic, to me, is a better version. They, they didn't do anything. There's nothing on So What which is as good as Systematic. And that's the kind of go at doing that. And I they love just, Systematic. Yeah. It's a banger. Just, it's a banger. And, um, is, yeah, so for, I think for overall, they've, they've kind of delivered... Uh, a much more consistent record and they feel it, it's a much more confident record overall, I think, personally. I, I agree. And there's other elements on here that I'm really a big fan of as well. Um, I think that, um, you know, Sav's drumming does some really interesting stuff on here. There's that bit on uh, Know Your Worth where it's got that kind of loose, almost jazzy, kind of like boom, da da bap boom boom da bap thing, which he does quite a lot, which I really like. Um, there's almost like a kind of at the gatesy riff on there as well on that track, which I really like. Um, there's another track on here. Uh, yeah, Sleep Society, the title track. There's a bit that um, Sav does on the drums here as well that makes the pacing of the song almost drum and bassy. And it's really clever because that song has electronic elements on it already, but they don't quite push. I guess that's kind of what you're saying, Steve, earlier about them kind of restraining themselves a bit. They don't kind of push it quite all the way over the hill with that, but the kind of percussion that they use on it carries it along where it almost feels kind of electronic without actually going all the way and it gives us it gives it a slightly different um sense of energy to it which i really really like um there's a bit on one of the songs as well it's on the Derek wibley song in fact no defeat for the brave there's one thing about while she sleeps his guitar playing that i say sometimes and it's kind of it doesn't get talked about a lot i don't know if it's it's not conscious or whatever it is but there's a bit on that song where it's almost something like seventh son era iron maideny about it because it breaks into this like spaced out sprawling kind of soloy bit where i was like well this literally sounds like something adrian smith would write and it's but it's done so fucking well that it doesn't sound like 
weird or tacked on and you know as far as i'm aware sleeps aren't the biggest iron maiden fan so i don't think it's like you know something they're trying to channel but like it, it it's it's heavy metal basically it's fucking heavy metal and they they've got that kind of little element woven in there as well with all the electronic stuff with all the hardcore elements with all the kind of more straight up uh modern metal elements and it all works together really really well for me um i suppose at some point we do have to talk about the final track though <laughs> I was actually going to say, before we get to that, uh, okay, cool. I had a fact that you might enjoy on the song Sleep Society. It's, they said that they tried to get in touch with Liam Howlett for the intro to Sleep Society because they wanted to use a certain kind of synth sound that they couldn't get. And then eventually Sean worked it out and so they used that. But I just thought you'd find that interesting as sort of an indicator of what they're trying to do with their music and pushing it forward in this electronic kind of way. I do find it interesting and it makes me feel very smug, Al, because just before you came on, I was talking about how one of the other tracks uh, sound like something Liam Howlett might write. So really? nailed it. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Didn't even plan that. Two bands that you definitely know about there, mate. The Prodigy and While She Sleeps. Like, <laughs> that is, I think that's... And, like the, and I've got Iron Maiden in as well. So I've completely <laughs> yeah, decided. I know. Can we also say, because you guys probably, I don't know if you talked about it, but I used to live in Sheffield. So I always feel like happy when While She Sleeps do Sheffield things. And they've got Division Street on here, which is the street in Sheffield, which I used to walk down all the time and had like, it had like a sort of um, amazing shop that doesn't exist anymore called Rare and Racy Records. It's like a book and record shop. And it had, I don't know if it still has, but it had like a shop where you would go and buy like sort of more gothy clothes and it has loads of bars on it and things too. It's just a good street. I thought I'd just say, I love Sheffield, I love Division Street. Street. Well, we did say about how they're all about their community and their fan base and uh were you gonna say something else steve before i move it on yeah, i was gonna say yeah merlin compared that song to jimmy cliff but uh <laughs> yeah well uh anyway listen the outcast elements on this thing this is just <laughs> going through my itunes um but uh yeah the whole the whole thing about their community and their fans and stuff we said earlier it's just stamped all over this album um, is, yeah. i mean and kind of when it gets to the end it's like You've got a track called Sleep Society. You've got Call of the Void featuring Sleep Society, which is, you know, their fans and stuff. Then at the end, you've got a track called The End, but spelt weirdly and backwards, um, where basically got this kind of piano line and each band member takes it in turn to say uh, thanks and to just show support and kind of like, we love you guys. Thank you, guys. It's a nice, um, it's a nice idea. And it does make me, does get me in the warm and fuzzies a bit because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's candid, it's honest, it's emotional, but it does feel like one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to listen to that particular track again now, because it's like, it's kind of been done. It's not really for me, you know. It's not just the end. It's a Doncaster postcode. It obviously it is the end spelled backwards, but it's also a postcode in Doncaster. I'm not oh sure what God. relevance it has to them, but obviously that's um, close to Sheffield. <laughs> Whoever, whoever, whoever spotted that and realised, and then realised they could put it on a track at the end, like fair fucking play. Well, <laughs> I, I had did no idea. put it into Google Maps to see if it was anything significant, but I couldn't see anything around there that was like something that you would be like, oh, that's why they've done that. But obviously, I think one of them might be from Doncaster. I've got a weird thing in the back of my brain that is uh that says one of them was originally yeah. from there. So it's very convenient um, that it's also the end. But yeah, it's a, it's like a very long spoken word entry in a gratitude journal. Yes, it basically is. I can't believe I didn't even think that it was a postcode because I just looked at it and thought, oh, that's clever. They've spelt the end like weird and bloopy and it's weird. Oh, how, how cryptic. <laughs> Um, well, we should say that it, it, it's DN33HT, which when you say it like that, yeah, it's a postcode, but I just didn't think to like make that connection. I'm glad my internet came back so I could tell you. I know, where will we be without you? Um, but yes, so they they spent seven minutes on an album that's probably under an hour overall doing this kind of gratitude fest. Nice idea, but maybe I, th I think it's not sat very well with Steve, to be honest. Mate, I'll tell you what it is, right? Is that I looked at the track listing for this when we got it sent through to me and I was playing the album and as you can tell, I'm really keen on this record. I think it's fucking great, right? I think all the songs are fucking great. And as the album progressed and as it continued being so great, I looked at that last track and I saw seven minutes and three seconds and a bit like kind of Memento Mori by Architects, right? In my head, I was like, I'll tell you what, 
if while she sleeps decide they're going to end this record by putting some amazing like metal chord post rock experimental electro epic crescendo core banger at the end i can't wait i cannot fucking wait to hear that and what we get instead essentially is like the shittest oscars winning speech in history um i understand that they have a very close connection with their fans i think most bands think they have a close connection with their fans like it's a bit like people showing you pictures of their kid look at my kid isn't he special no not really he's like all the other kids not special at all you want to say thank you to your kids fine or you want to say thank you to your fans fine five seconds cheers to my album guys we really appreciate you the end <laughs> i didn't have to fucking sit through seven minutes of made up on the spot bollocks and it is just it's bollocks this this last track it's like going to a wedding and being made to come to the suite at the end and watch the couple fuck right that's what this this song is like <laughs> it is it is awkward it is gross it, it is, what it weddings is, have you been to? Well, normal ones, but these, like, it, honestly, I, 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 I really, really like this record, but that last seven minutes is embarrassing. I am embarrassed for them. There's a it's bit of terrible. a precedent for this, though. I've not gone and revisited it in preparation for this podcast, but there was the Bring Me the Horizon record that was all the electronic stuff, and then Ollie's just talking over it for years. Um, and I'm, I'm not a fan of that or particularly a fan of this although I think obviously it's very nice you know it's very nice that they do have this relationship and that being able to make a career from it and so much respect for what they've done but yeah it's not a song and so you probably wouldn't really listen to it more than once out of curiosity but yeah Bring Me did a similar thing and if we're talking about British bands and you know setting precedents and all that there's you know they've already done it what am I trying to say? <laughs> well, look, let's be honest, like to be honest to, be, to give Wilder Six a little bit of credit. That Bring Me track is like twenty three minutes long, and it's Ollie Sykes going, eh, like, "Mate, have you seen an octopus? I'm mad out there. I can't believe it. What what is nature?" And it's like, "Oh God, this is the least. You are the least interesting and profound person on the planet. I don't need to hear you just just fucking prattling on for twenty minutes." But th- but this is not. It's just so fucking pretentious. It's like you're like this album's great, but you are a fucking metalcore band, right? You're a metalcore band. You don't need to spend seven minutes at the end of your album going, "Oh yeah," and we're all on a journey. Oh, and you know if you don't like jam, well, some people do, and well, that's what the universe is about. Man, I don't know what I'm saying, but like, fucking end the record. End the re- the record is over. End the record. This is bad. And this record would be like a proper fucking nine out of ten album of the year contender. But if we're adding that piece of shit on at the end, it really drops it down. Yeah, and this is really the thing. It's, 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 my mouth. I kind of uh, like. I, I definitely. It doesn't bother me anywhere near as much as it bothers me. The first time I heard it, I thought, "Oh, this is quite sweet." And then by the time you get to kind of like the fifth person basically saying the same stuff, not you know, not that imaginatively, to be honest, which is you know. Well, she's just make fucking great music. They're creative and intelligent and brilliant people, obviously. But it's just, it doesn't come across like the most profound. Uh, well, the track's profound. The the actual words are a little bit like, they kind of all say the same thing again, one after the other. Um, so my attitude to it is just, well, that's fair enough. They've done that for the fans. This, You know, they have this intense relationship with their fan base. I know that lots of bands think that, but I do think While She Sleeps do have something a little bit different in that it's it's so woven into their fundamental identity that i do think it's a bit of a different part of their dna to a lot of other bands um so they've done this for them it's fine i won't listen to it again but then yes if you're considering this as part of what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven tracks seven minutes a seven minute closer on an 11 track album that's yeah that's you know that's quite a big you, you can't really ignore it that if that's part of the album then it's quite a big kind of uh I, I would have rather had another song. I can't. I can't pretend otherwise. It's quite difficult to listen to because <laughs> they're all talking, and there's like a feedback, not a feedback sound, like a fuzzy white noise, distorted sound at the same time. So while you're trying to listen to their words, and there's piano underneath it, so you're trying to sort of listen to them, but then this distorted sound makes it difficult as well. It's obviously an artistic choice, so it sounds more like meaningful and like voices from 
I don't know, a radio or the past or another dimension or whatever. It, it's clearly there to add that artistic flavour to it, but it just kind of gets in the way of what they're saying as well. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just trying to be more profound, a lot more profound than it actually is. I think if they were to put that on their Patreon page to their patrons, I mean, this is the thing is that like, if you are just someone who's listening to it on Spotify and you're not a massive fan or, or anything, it's like, you know, it's... It's not going to mean anything to you at all. It, it means something to the people who are really, really super invested in the band. But if you're not super duper invested in the band, I mean, I think I'm pretty invested in While She Sleeps. And I was like, lads, just cut now. You need to, like stop a minute, a minute of that. I reckon you could have got, you could just about have got away with a minute of that. But it's seven minutes of a forty-four minute long record. Like it's a, a sizable chunk of the record, unfortunately. And, and it's such a shame because everything else is great. And it's also like, look what you could have won. You look at it, the idea, seven minute long While She Sleeps album closer. Wow, that could be really, really exciting. Oh, no. It's just somebody going, oh, I'm eggs beautiful. Oh, right. <laughs> well, they've already said it really with Sleep Society, haven't they? They've already sort of said the thank yous in that really. like, um, And sort of talked about what they've done. You know, it started as a vision. Now we live it. Um, and we got to create it, and they're talking about sort of what they've done with it. But the pride comes across through there, and the thankfulness comes across through there. So there's already that emotion on the record without adding something else. But that Ollie Sykes track I was talking about, I just googled it. It's called Underground Big. In case you want to go and listen to that 20 minute Ollie Sykes monologue again. I do not. Um, I think that uh, we've. I mean, we've kind of like uh, ended the thing on a bit of a sour note, and maybe it's leaving a, a bit of a bad taste in there. Uh, in people's mouths because to be clear the album as a whole was fucking great and as steve said um i'm still going to consider it one of my albums of the year because i can't i don't know something about it makes me feel like it doesn't really count as a track but i guess it does i guess you have to consider that in there if it was in the middle of the album you certainly would but um it's apart from that slightly uh interesting artistic choice it's a fucking great album and if you've been following sleep so far or you're not really you know you don't you're not even invested in while she sleeps i think this is both the album that you need uh it's the album that i was hoping they would make that so what nearly was but wasn't really um uh, and if you never heard while she sleeps before i think this is actually a really good place to start with them to be honest because it's like steve said it's got every element they've kind of evolved in their sound over the last decade uh, uh and uh it's kind of neatly packaged in a really good coherent um brilliantly executed and at times very emotional listen um and it does have a bit of a daft ending but that's okay it's plenty of my favorite films do as well (laughs) a lot of people have talked since the pandemic about how like this is a pandemic album or this is the album to get you through the pandemic and i feel like a lot of times when people say that it's not really that relevant but listening to something like this maybe there's slightly more of a relevance because there's so much on it about doing things for yourselves and having your own power and making something of yourself and not um, being bogged down too much by the if you have mental health issues and what that all means. And they've kind of t- spoken about that in the media and stuff as well. It's quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's quite, it's really full of life, this record. It's very kind of definitely um, brings you up um, and it's life affirming. That's the what I was exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> it's life affirming. It's a very life affirming record. Um, and I think that's a really amazing quality. No, I agree. They are. I think that's something that I was trying to kind of uh, explain earlier what it is about While She Sleeps that's made me always come back to them and always be invested with them and, and what really made me love them so much in the first place compared to a lot of their peers. And it is that kind of sense of life affirming. Like I was listening to like. There's a lot of tracks that have come out since the pandemic started. Tracks off the Biffy album last year. Um, Dead Butterflies by Architects is another one that always comes to mind. There's certain songs where I think, God, I can't wait to see this live. And even when I think that, you kind of get emotional thinking about it because it just reminds you exactly what you've lost over the past year or so. Uh, And because of the way Sleep's lyrics works, they're all kind of existential and they're soul searching and they're asking questions of what our society's become, what we've become as human beings. Um, it really it really hit me in the feels a couple of times and I can comfortably say that like you know when I finally get to see them do Nervous Live and th- those kind of woes come in that's going to be that's going to be a moment and I can't I can't fucking wait quite frankly I think they've got dates planned as well so I'm excited 
yeah, it's just a really, really great metal record in a genre of like a metal core record, I should say, in a genre of, of, of bands who don't take risks and aren't artistically interesting. Um, and they are comfortably one of the most adept at being the most artistically interesting bands in their field. And there's not many of them around. I mean, the Architects are pretty much the only, and Parkway Drive are the only other two that really kind of spring to mind for me who are capable of doing this sort of thing. So I think, you know, and they're commercially far bigger than While She Sleeps. So I think it's about time people kind of brought the, this band up to that level, frankly. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't want to sort of shit on it. I don't want to shit on the album at all. I do think the last track is ludicrous, but at the same time, overall, when you're talking about the music, this is a fucking great record. Really great. Definitely. I well, guess that's the thing with... Uh... In Dubai now, at the end of the podcast, we go, oh, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Let it go. Steve! <laughs> You could just not listen to that track. You could just stop the record just before it. I guess that's the point. Some, if you've got a band that does things um, and does something different and pushes themselves artistically, you're going to get, you know, they are the kind of band that could give you a six out of ten album of middling metalcore tracks if they don't do that. Or they could decide to push themselves out of the comfort zone. And for that, you get like you know, 38 minutes of amazing music and seven minutes <laughs> you're not so keen on it at the end. That's that's the game we play and it is what it is. Uh, as I said, there is a Cannibal Corpse album out as well. I'm sure if you're a fan of the band, you already know that, but we will be going into that in more depth on a review roundup in a couple of weeks' time. In the meantime, uh, stay safe, everyone. Don't forget to pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer and we will see you right here again very, very soon. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Steve, you're on mute. <laughs> do it again. Bye. Bye, no, do, I talked Bye. over you. Do it again. Bye. <laughs> see how quickly you can do that? <laughs>